I would kill for strawberry pie. Hello. Welcome to Zoom, an academic podcast series about everything and nothing within the field of expertise of the Faculty of Arts Louvre. My name's Judith, and that psychopathic female you just heard is my friendly neighbour Julie. Apart from her fetish for strawberry pie, she's a fairly stable being. And obviously she was kind enough to contribute to this podcast about pie, cake, pastries and other treats. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> my partner Lionel and I will be talking to Greet Dreyer in a minute. She's an expert in the field of baked goods and nutritional heritage. But first, for the sake of relevance, go get yourself some sugar. So um, it's a soft chocolate cake. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> Great. From uh, Tarte Françoise. Mm-hmm. It's in my street. So uh, okay, that can only be good. Here you go. A soft mm-hmm. chocolate oh. cake. Perfect. Um, so what can you tell us? It looks really twenty-first uh, <laughs> century. <laughs> That's the first thing I can tell you. Um, cakes are yeah made. Uh, already centuries ago, but uh, they didn't look like the cakes we know today. Um, And they were also reserved for the very happy few, because all the ingredients that uh, make a cake sweet, uh, the sugar, chocolate, were very expensive ingredients. Um, They had to come from Latin America um, in the 15th century. they traveled um, to Antwerp mostly. There was a, a big um, center for yeah, um, refining uh, raw uh, cane sugar because it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, sugar made from beets. It was sh- uh, cane sugar uh, and it arrived raw. So it had to be refined here. Um, and then, yeah, all that costed a lot of time and money. So the... Uh, 15th century cakes and even until the 19th century they were really expensive they were yeah for the the kings and uh, the higher uh, society um, another thing that was different um, then uh, was that they didn't have uh, the ovens we have today uh, they had to uh, bake uh, the cakes uh, in wood stoves it was really hard to uh, yeah take care of the temperature um, and that made the cakes more look like bread uh, for a long time oh, yeah so more like a cake really not really pie. yeah not even a cake no. more like yeah uh, a sandwich oh, uh, yeah. but then a bit bigger maybe uh, like what we call bodding like yeah bodding was something else bodding was yeah. more like oh, yeah. pudding okay. it was it was more like bread 
Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, when the the, the technology um, evol evaluated uh, and the ovens became uh, on gas or later, later electricity, it was easier to get a yeah, well-baked uh, cake. And there were things like uh, baking powder that was invented um, to make the cake rise and become more airy. Um, so all kinds of differences between the cakes then and now. So this uh, is a really modern This cake. is a really modern really cake. Modern. <laughs> yeah. For a long time, there wasn't really a difference between cake and pie. There was this bread that was uh, that was baked. Um, and the first breads that were sweetened weren't sweetened with uh, sugar, not even with cane sugar, but with honey uh, or fruits. Mm -hmm. um, already the Romans made that kind of sweet breads, but it wasn't to, uh, to eat with your family or friends, it was to sacrifice to the, the gods. Mm. Also the Germans did that. Um, and it was like, yeah, like I told, it was like a bread, but then uh, sweet. And then, um, uh, yeah, let's say uh, Renaissance time, 15th, 16th century, uh, when they got the more exotic ingredients like chocolate, um, the cakes became more fancy and uh, uh, kings used them to impress um, their visitors. Uh, they did that until the 19th century. There has been done research um, to the, the dinners uh, King uh, Leopold II, the Belgian king, uh, gave. And then there was dessert for everyone at the table, but not everyone got um, uh, a piece that was uh, as big as it from its neighbor. Oh, okay. The higher you were uh, ranked, the bigger the piece of cake really? you got. <laughs> yeah, really, really. So he got the biggest <laughs> piece, and then uh, his ministers, uh, they had to do with uh, smaller, smaller pieces. Yeah. yeah. Like my brothers, I always take the biggest piece. Okay. Well, because I was born first. <laughs> you so were, okay, then you have all the rights <laughs> right to the biggest piece. And it's a funny story as well, because um, tradition was when uh, an English royal married, they got this really big um, pie, and each royal marriage, the pie had to be bigger than the from the okay. last one. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's, it was like in the 1850s, I think, uh, the pie was as big as, as could fit in the oven. So there was this problem, oh, what are we going to do when the next royal is getting married? We can't create a bigger uh, pie. And then they came up with the idea yeah. to work in layers. <laughs> yeah. So and that's, that's it's, yeah, a really stupid reason, but yeah. That is indeed a very stupid reason, Gret but also a very funny one. We went out in the streets and asked people about their favorite pies and the reason they love them so much. Hello, um, can I ask you a question? Hi, how are you? Uh, yeah, sure. Good. Um, I was wondering, what is your favorite pie? Uh, it's hard to tell. To be honest with you, I don't eat pie that much, but I feel like my favorite pie is apple pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when do you have it? I will say like maybe once a month. Uh, it's just, again, it's not something that I really enjoy having it, but I think like, I will say just once a month, yeah. And do you have it with friends or family or just on your own? Uh, usually by my own. I just go to like the supermarket, just buy like a apple pie and that's about it. And you enjoy it? I do, yeah, yeah. And is it, do you have like uh, family memories about pie or cake? 
So it's kind of interesting because like I'm originally from Colombia uh, and like back home in Colombia is not like a thing. Like in uh, I live in the US and it's completely different. So no, I don't have like strong memories. I will say just maybe Thanksgiving like three years ago. That's the only one that I have. Okay, that's interesting. Thank you very much. No problem. <laughs> have a nice day. Hello, can I ask you a question while you're eating your ice cream? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, do you like pie? Uh, I do like pie, especially on, on special occasions, like on birthdays or, or uh, occasions where you gather with the family. Um, that's when I like pie most, yeah. And what is your favorite pie? Uh, cheesecake. Cheesecake? Definitely. Yeah, cheesecake. That's a popular one today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I think it's a popular one in general. <laughs> and so, did you grow up with pie? something that you like yeah, no it, it was something I grew up with it's just especially on birthdays and family uh, gatherings and it was always pie had to be there to, to have a good party with family okay. <laughs> good. and so did you ever buy someone a cake or a pie for an occasion um, yeah, probably I, I did. I, I used to work in, in Leuven, where we are now, and um, one of my colleagues was a, a very, very, very um, eager cake eater. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I used to buy a cake a lot for her. Also cheesecake was also a favorite. Or sometimes carrot cake. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your ice cream. Thank you. Good afternoon, Miss. Um, can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, what is your favorite cake? My favorite cake is um, Brazilian. Yes, Brazilian. With and nuts. With nuts on top. And yeah. when do you have that cake? Uh, Sundays. Sundays? Yes. Every Sunday? No, no, no. no? Once, in the, once in the month. Once in the week on Sunday. Yeah. And has it always been that way? Uh, no. No? No. It's not something you preserve for special occasions? No. No? Just on a, a regular Sunday? Yes. yes. <laughs> every once in the month. But uh, not uh, every Sunday. Eh? No. Occasion Occasionally. Occasionally, yes. yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Well, that's clear. People associate cake with birthdays and special occasions. We asked Crate about that as well. And are there like other dishes that are really connected with these special occasions? For example, we have these. Um, Ice cream, um, cheese, communion. with communions, yes. With like New Year, we have um, hearts, I think. With Christmas, there, um, I don't know what, uh, how to call it in English, but in French, it's called a bûche. Oh, yes, it's yes, that yes. thing that looks like yes, yeah, a like wood block. Yes, yes. Um, and it is, um, um, yeah, it it's goes back to the German. Uh, the days of the the Germans, but not Germans from Germany, but really the Germans, the Celts, and okay. those Germans. So, uh, first centuries uh, after Christ, um, when the the longest night, so the twenty first of December, the longest night and the shortest day, they had to go into the woods to find a wood block that would burn all that night long. So from uh, the the it became dark oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, up until the morning. There is this one block that had to keep on burning, and when they yeah, they managed to it keep the to like cast spirits away yeah, and to like, yes. to have a good harvest as yes. well. So when they managed to keep the block burning all night, the next harvest would be good. Okay. So it's a uh, yeah, it goes back to those days, the the form of the the bush. Okay. And so <laughs> when did pie? When was pie introduced? As regular thing not some something you only have at parties or weddings or 
that's occasion. yeah that's certainly something from the second half of the 20th century oh, okay. yeah so only then yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's in uh, okay. yeah we're certainly spoiled yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. and do we have like typically belgian pies or or cakes or belgian practices uh, yeah that's uh, yeah um that's also something very interesting to to research uh, with regard to desserts there is this thing called um, heritageization. Yeah. It's a, a difficult word, but it's used um, to describe a process of appropriation, uh, so to say. People look for things that they can call something from their city, uh, their country, to yeah, create kind of an identity. Uh, they also do that with cakes and pies. So there are certainly a lot of pies that have... Uh, typical Belgian uh, things in their names or the names of cities. Mm -hmm. uh, you can think of Dixmaatse uh, Boterkoeken, for instance. It's hard to uh, to translate. Or Aalsterse um, Vlaai. There are really tons of, of uh, recipes, sweet things to eat that have this, this name um, from a city or country. Um, it's to, yeah, to show... Uh, part of one's identity. The butterkoeken are quite well known nowadays, yeah. even on the, the Leuven market. There yeah. is this, this uh, Dixmaatse, the real uh -huh. Dixmaatse yeah. butterkoeken. Um, yeah, but it's there the story goes that there was a soldier in the Second World War um, who worked in uh, this really small bakery in Ezen. It's a really small village in uh, Western Flanders. And he had a recipe for waterkoeken, uh, um, and he was so so thankful that he could work in the bakery that he gave the recipe to the the baker and his wife, and they continued to bake those waterkoeken uh, uh, that are so famous today. Um, last week, I was uh, at a round table um, with some other um, experts, um, and there was this big discussion discussion on uh, the paintings of Bruegel. Bruegel. Okay paints um, pies uh, on the roof of uh, some houses. And it's um, to illustrate a Dutch saying, um, I will give it in Dutch, daar zijn de daken met vlaaien bedekt. It's to say, there is uh, wealth, there is uh, enough to eat. And then the discussion went, what kind of pies are on the roof? And there was this lady, uh, always saying, it's Alsa Savlai, it's Alsa Savlai. <laughs> and all the others said, no, <laughs> it's not possible that it's Alsa Savlai because Alsa Savlai is something from the 19th century. <laughs> it has to be something with fruits or, or cream. Um, and it's so um, funny to see that for some people it's really important that it was an Alsa Savlai. Um, so, do you have any idea what it was? I think I'm quite sure that there are uh, these white pies and more brownish ones. The white pies are, in my opinion, pies filled with cream uh, or eggs. Like Brazilian? Yeah, or flan. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. And then the, the darker pies, I think they were made with uh, prunes oh. or uh, pears. Dried pears. It was yeah. something uh, they often did uh, in the earlier days. It was hard to um, preserve or yeah preserve uh, fruits, so they dried it, and then they could use it for yeah a longer time. And 
when you uh, make a pie or bake a pie with dried uh, pears, it becomes black when you bake it. Uh, so I'm quite sure uh, I had a look in these old cookbooks and you don't find recipes for Alster Supply in there. <laughs> you find recipes for pies with cream uh -huh. and apples, pears, uh, the things that people could yeah, just grab in their garden. Yeah. Um, and so if we have a look at those cookbooks, what are like the more traditional pies that we still know nowadays because yeah. for example when i went into the cake store mm. i asked the woman at the counter i said give me your most traditional pie okay it was this <laughs> she, one she looked at me <laughs> because i could choose between um a cheesecake mm -hmm. um with spigulos and mm -hmm. then um this chocolate one and she looked yeah. at me she was like oh shocked my God. <laughs> <laughs> who cares you're and in a hipster yeah. bakery <laughs> Okay, but she was wrong yeah, like, because the, the cottage uh, cheese uh, cake, um, you can already find recipes in uh, cookbooks from the 15th and the 16th century for uh, cheesecakes. Okay. Not with uh, speculoos, I think, but no. they used uh, um, peperkoek oh. uh, often in recipes to give it some extra taste. But cheese was certainly an ingredient for pies. But then it was, the mo most of the pies were made of a, yeah, a bread-like uh, bottom. Uh, and then they were filled uh, with uh, yeah, a mixture of cheese and eggs or uh, apple stew or yeah, things like that. That are yeah, the traditional uh, pies. We like we we the ordinary people or <laughs> we humans. Uh, for the ordinary people, it's also something from the sixties and seventies. Um, there was already chocolate in uh, pies, fifteenth, sixteenth century, but then it was really something really, really exclusive. Um, yeah, royals, but really royals, uh, not high society, really royals. Um, yeah. That's right, your beloved chocolate is a recent luxury. Unless anyone with royal blood is listening here, then you had an historic advantage over the rest of us. We are so lucky to be alive today, because all of us love chocolate. Like, really, really love it. Hello, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, I was wondering, what is your favorite pie? Uh, I think a uh, chocolate pie, because uh, yes, I uh, I think I'm in love with chocolate, so uh, <laughs> definitely chocolate. And when do you have pie? Not very often. Um, with my grandma, my grandmother, uh, because always when I'm visiting her on a Sunday, she uh, she uh, she always yeah have uh, some some pies, uh, mostly two or three different pies. Oh really? Really, uh, because she knows uh, every Sunday there's a lot of people coming to her, and she she uh, she needs uh, different pies for uh, yeah for all the people who visit who visit her. Yes. And do you sometimes have pie by yourself? Uh, no. Um, to be honest, I never buy uh, a pie myself. Um, I don't know. I like it because it's because I eat it when I'm with my grandmother. But when I have to eat it alone, it's not. It's not the same, you know. Because it's a social dish. Yes, 
Yes, true. It's a social dish. Okay. It's not. Uh, it's nothing to to eat on yourself. For example, when I hear uh, on um, my um, my room here. Um, it would be a bit lame to eat a pie myself, I think. It's like drinking on your own. Yes, nobody drinks on their own, so nobody nobody eats a pie on their silver, uh, I think. And why do you think people have pie? Uh, I think it's a bit tradition too. Um, because, yeah, my family is tradition. But um, mostly it's to, to celebrate something, um, a birthday or just that you are with people you love. So, uh, yeah, I think mostly it's to, to celebrate something. Okay. Good, thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, hi, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Um, what is your favorite piece of cake? Uh, my favorite piece of cake, I think it's a chocolate cake. Chocolate cake. And when do you have cake? Um, on my birthday. On your birthday, so yes, for special, special occasions. Yes. Oh, and you don't have cake just because you feel like it? Um, uh, no, because I only have cakes when I, when it's cheat day. Oh, a yes. cheat day. <laughs> you know, okay. I'm on a diet, so when it's cheat day, I can have everything I want. And then is it like a family occasion? Do you have cake with your family yes. or friends? Yes, mostly on my, with my family, yeah. And sometimes with my friends when we're like outside or doing something or going to the park and we think about having desserts. Okay, so it is really something social? Yes, actually. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, ladies. Um, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm doing this podcast about um, pies and cakes over the centuries. Um, and I would like to know, um, do you have a favorite pie? Um, well, that's hard to say because I'm a bit difficult when it comes to pies and cakes. Um, yeah, I don't know which pie I like. Um, maybe something with chocolate. No, I don't like chocolate. <laughs> she doesn't like chocolate? How? Let's make a podcast about the disease of chocolatophobia next time, Judith. Back to Greet, because I am wondering, how does she research all of those food-related topics? Does she eat them and then somehow taste all of that historical wisdom? You must learn a lot about the things that you are eating. Yeah. Like, weekly or yeah. Basis. Yeah. 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 That's true. It's really nice. Yeah, um, and how do you research like food-related things? Is that mostly um, in books? It depends. Uh, cookbooks are a very valuable source, uh, but you also have uh, these menus, little cards uh, from parties, from restaurants. It's a valuable source for research. And then, yeah, you have literature, you have paintings, you have travel guides, uh, because travel guides mostly mention the, the specialties you can have in a certain city or country or so it's always uh, good to have a look over there. Are there like other things that you discover during the research, like really standing out? Like, oh, that's really interesting. I never <laughs> thought of it. Right? Mm, I have to think. I had, but it's really personal, a very funny uh, discovery. Um, I was doing research on the Boule de Berlin. Yes. And uh, um, there is also a Belgian um uh, version of the Boule de Berlin. It's called in French the Boule de Lisère. Um, 
or in Dutch, ijzerbollen. So, boule de lisère. Lisère is French for the river ijzer uh, in Western Flanders. Um, and I was doing research on, yeah, what's the difference between boule de Berlin and boule de lisère and how, where did they come from, those boule de lisère? Um, and I have that childhood memory that it was, yeah, it was in the 80s. I was uh, at the Belgian coast um, selling flowers yeah. on the beach. Yeah. And there were these yeah, guys, students, I think, that were passing oh, with Boule de Berlin <laughs> and Frisco. And they also um, said Boule de Lisère. And I always thought, okay, Boule de Lisère, L-I-Z-E-R-E. But then I did the research, research for this book and I... Discovered it's not Lisère, it's from the Iser River. It was something I never, uh, yeah, difference. I never grabbed uh, up until. Uh, What's the difference? Yeah, it's all, yeah. Uh, it wa- the difference was because nowadays the Boule de Lisère, yeah, it's not really, they exist. And uh-huh. in Dick's Murder, they try to make them famous. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do, they do. Um, Boule de Berlin were filled with cream yes. and Boule de uh, Lisère were filled with uh, jam. Yes. And the story goes that um, Boule de Berlin were sold at the Belgian coast already at the end of the 19th century, 1895, I think, if I rem- I'm right. The first one got the authorization to sell on the beach, the yes. Boule de Berlin. Mm-hmm. But then there was the First World War and, of course, Berlin was, yeah, <laughs> bad. <laughs> and the Boule de Berlin... Uh, needed another name, a more Belgian name, uh, Boule de Lisère, and then they changed the recipe. But that's a story they tell today in Dix Murder. But it's really hard. Uh, there is no evidence of the change of the recipe, the change of the name from literature like uh, the 1920s, not in cooking books, not in travel guides. Um, it's something more from the 60s. And they gave Yeah, they tried to give their product an ancient history, uh, going back to the First World War, but in fact it's a recent creation. It's a typical example of that heritageization. Yes. People try to make something heritage, but in fact it's not always yeah, like now. It is heritage because it exists from the 60s uh-huh. onwards, but it's not something from centuries old. Ah! Mm-hmm. Maybe about cake and pie practices in general like for example at home we eat pie every sunday or mm-hmm. every month at least maybe yeah. twice a month because it's just like sunday is a cozy, cozy day and yeah and we, have, we just have cake in yeah. the afternoon and we also have croissants and buns yeah and yeah morning, yeah so it's really sunday we have kind of a brunch mm-hmm. thing yeah i feel like that's the practice in like More families. More families. Yes, yes, that's that's certainly true. I think it's a European thing to have sweets on Sunday. And also uh, the breakfast is uh, more and more rich. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that is something that wasn't always like that. Um, because for a long time, people only ate twice a day. And it wasn't really early in the morning. It was around noonish, uh, 11, 12 o'clock. And then again in the evening. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, there was this rule, this Christian rule, so that was in the Christian parts of Europe, that you couldn't eat before the morning mass. Uh-huh. I don't know whether you already thought about the, the the meaning of the word breakfast. It's really, it's 
comes from breaking the fast. So during night, yeah. you don't eat, you fast. And then when you have breakfast, you break the fast, so you start eating. And you had to wait um, until after morning mass, and then you could eat. Yeah. When you ate before, mm -hmm. it was seen as a sin. Um, you were too greedy. Or, there was another explanation, uh, you were too poor, you didn't have enough to eat uh, to be well fed yeah. with two meals, so you, you took a third one. Um, but then, from the 15th, 16th century, more and more people started to have breakfast. Um, there were some scientists, or yeah, scientists from that time that said it was better to have breakfast. Um, they suggested to have meat for breakfast because meat contained a lot of proteins and that was good to have a lot of power. Um, but I don't know what the real importance was of those scientific ideas. I don't think the ordinary people heard those uh, advices. But it was also at a time that more and more people started to do yeah, uh, paid work. Um, they had their boss, they had to work for a boss up until then, they were farmers. They were master of their time, and they decided when uh, to do what. But when they had to work for a boss, they had to take care of the the hours they had to they had to work. And then they noticed that when they had breakfast, they could work longer and longer. And that's also the explanation that from the 18th and 19th, certainly 19th century. Breakfast really got a normal uh, thing, became a normal thing to do because then yeah, there were all those laborers in the industry that was rising and they needed power uh, to work uh, 10, 12 hours a day. So they needed breakfast and they didn't eat meat <laughs> because that was too expensive for most of the people. But then they chose eggs. Eggs are also a source of protein. So that was yeah, not as good as meat, but... Um, it uh, was sufficient to, to work a day. So that's the history of breakfast. Is there a replacement is that the most traditional pie next time when I buy one, it will be a cheesecake or something? Yeah, or a, a fruit, with fruits. Fruit. Yeah, with dried fruits. Yeah. I always thought that um, things like um, muffin tarte. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like muffin tarte. If I would have to like guess for the most traditional pie, I yeah. would say like a muffin tarte. Yeah, but muffin tarte also has medieval roots. Oh. Uh, you can find also recipes. In, I think 14th century already. But yeah, it's is it the Gerardsbergse muffin tarte? No, it's just muffin tarte. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not a specialist in the matte taart. <laughs> I have this colleague who yes. is... Oh, she's crazy. <laughs> uh, she did research for uh, a matte taart uh, book. So, oh. yeah. Good. Um, I think that's it. Thank you very much. My pleasure. <laughs> it was really, really interesting. Um, okay, I'm happy so to hear. Yes, no, it's, you know, it's important that people are doing research. <laughs> Like what's behind on the case on pies. They're such a big part of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
you are probably craving a delicious piece of pie yourself now. Cheat day or not, go for it. And if you're going to share with friends, remember to take the biggest piece, because you are worth it. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon about that story on chocolateophobia. Goodbye!